Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. G'day everyone, it's great to be with you today at Gateway Online and I hope you're having a great day, whatever it holds for you. We all love to receive an invitation. I often go to my mailbox expecting nothing but bills and that's all I generally find there. I mean, there's the rates bill, there's the electricity bill, the phone bill, the school fees, the dentist. But occasionally when I go to my mailbox, there's a shiny or a different colored envelope and instantly my heart is filled with joy because I know that it's an invitation. And if it's in a fancy envelope like this, often it's an invitation to a really special event in someone's life, a wedding or a dedication or something like that. If it's a fun, crazy envelope like this, I know that I've been invited to someone's party or to someone's celebration event. I just love getting invitations. There's something about an invitation that makes us feel loved. You see, when you receive an invitation, it says to us that we are a valuable person in someone else's life. It it tells us that we're included. It, It reminds us that we're important to someone else. You know, an invitation is an expression of love and an expression of friendship. And so when Jesus gives us an invitation, it tells us how valuable we are to God and how much he desires to have a relationship with us. As we observe the life of Jesus, we see that he never imposes himself on us. He only ever invites us into relationship with him. Over these next four weeks, we're going to be looking at some of the invitations that we receive from Jesus. The invitation to rest, the invitation to refresh, the invitation to surrender. And today I want to kick us off with the first invitation that any of us will receive from Jesus. It's the invitation to follow. I want to take us right to the start of the Gospel of Mark today. And it tells a story of Jesus uh, inviting some people to follow him. Why don't you read along with me? Mark chapter 1 from verse 16. It says this, As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I'll send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and they followed him. And when he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. And without delay, he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and they followed him. You know, Mark is one of the gospel writers that that narrates in a really quick fire way. He moves from story to story, from moment to moment. But I just want us to pause for just a second in this story and not miss the significance of what happens. See, Jesus is walking along the side of the Sea of Galilee. He's observing people going around their ordinary everyday lives and their normal business activities. And on this particular day, he sees some fishermen. Now, we don't know the context, whether Jesus knew them, had met them, whether they'd interacted before, whether they knew of Jesus. But Mark just tells us that Jesus calls out to these two brothers, 
Simon, who becomes Peter, and Andrew and says to them, I want you to come and follow me. A little further down the lake, he issues the same invitation to another two guys, John and James, the son of Zebedee. And again, both groups choose to step out of their boat and to follow Jesus. I mean, this was not just to come down for a coffee at the local coffee shop. This wasn't, let's go out, grab some lunch. This was a significant invitation. You see, Jesus asked fishermen, this was their livelihood. This was their life. This was what they knew. It would have been the family business, probably not just for a few years, but for generations. This is where they were building their nest egg. This is where they were paying off their mortgage. This is the place where they put food on their family's table. And Jesus comes to these four men and he says to them, come and follow me. And Mark picks up a really significant and important part of this because he says in both cases that immediately they chose to follow Jesus. Little detail in the story where he says that John and James actually left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired hands to come and follow Jesus. Jesus comes to people with an established story that were doing their everyday business, the thing that they knew and the thing that they probably believed their future was going to be wrapped up in. And he offers them a new adventure. He doesn't give them a roadmap. He doesn't tell them where the journey is going to go. He just simply comes with the invitation to follow. And the most amazing thing about this story is that those four men stepped away from their net, stepped out of their boat and follow Jesus. And it's, this in, it's in this moment that their adventure really begins. And they didn't know all that it was going to hold, but it started in this moment with the first step a single act of obedience that would go on to define the rest of their lives. You see, every journey, every story progresses with the next step. And the invitation that Jesus offers us as he invites us to follow him is just to follow him by taking that next step. And so today I just want to talk about what are some of those steps that Jesus asks us to take as we, we are open to the invitation that he gives us to follow him. And the first one is a step into a relationship. You know, 17 years ago, I uh, packed up my life uh, that to that stage had been lived in country New South Wales in a town called Dubbo. And I'd finished school and I was moving to Brisbane to study. And I was studying an information technology degree that was majoring in data communications. Now, I don't talk about that often, but occasionally it's nice to drop that in because I still uh, have you know, felt the effects of the hex debt that I carried from that degree, even though I used it very little. But when I first arrived in Brisbane, I started studying IT. And for two years, I sat in classrooms and I learned a lot of theory. And I learned about how networks communicate with each other and how to set up networks. And I, I understood the infrastructure and the way that, that data was carried and transmitted. We looked at how to do basic level programming. We did a lot of theory in the classroom. Two years into my degree, I had the opportunity to go and work in the IT industry in one of the tertiary hospitals in Brisbane. And I joined the IT department and I remember walking in to the first day of my job and the first task that I was given was to help replace some of the components inside a computer. At that moment, I realized that even though I was two years deep 
into a tertiary education in information technology, I'd never physically opened up a computer or seen what was inside. But it was really good for me and really gracious that I had the chance to meet on that day a man named Martin. Martin was going to be my boss for the next 12 months. He was funny. He was patient. He was kind. And he was really gracious. And even though he had this young kid that had joined the team, he took the time to walk alongside me and show me the ropes to help me understand how to do my job. On that first day, he took me through how to open a computer and how to replace some of the core components. He taught me how to connect computers physically and make them work in the network at the hospital. He taught me how to manage projects. He taught me how to communicate with staff. He taught me how to show kindness to highly educated medical professionals that you would trust your life with but didn't know when they'd plug their mouse into the printer port and why their computer wasn't working. Martin was an incredible teacher. He was incredibly kind to me. It's a little bit like the invitation that Jesus gives us. He doesn't expect us to come in knowing everything. He doesn't expect us to coming in to come in to a relationship with him with all the answers, with having everything straightened out, with having resolved every question or every doubt that we might have. He just invites us to take that first step, a step into a relationship with him. And he'll walk the journey with us. He'll show us the ropes. He'll be patient with us. He'll be kind. He'll be gracious. He'll forgive our mistakes. He'll allow us at times to mess up. He'll walk with us, talk with us, stand alongside us and allow us to grow daily as we step into that relationship and choose to follow him. You see, Jesus invites us to follow him and to step into a relationship with him. But more than just stepping into relationship, the, the step that Jesus invites us to take when we choose to follow him is a step away from control. You know, I like being in charge. I like being in control of things. A few weeks ago, I had to go and visit a part of our city that I hadn't been to for a long time. And we were going with some friends and they were leading the way. And as we went and we looked up the online maps, we realized that there was a lot of traffic. There'd been an accident that day. And so I could see all the traffic up ahead and I thought, I wonder if there's a way around this. And so I backed off a little bit because I didn't want them to realise that I was no longer following them, but I was actually going to go my own way. And even though the online maps told us that the quickest way was the way that our friends were going, I told myself that I would find a way around this. So even though their experience of knowing where to go, and even though the technology of both Apple and Google told me that there was a good way to go, I believe that I had a better solution. Let's just say when I turned up 30 minutes late to the appointment, I thought to myself, maybe next time, maybe next time, I'll listen to the wisdom and the experience of others. You see, I do that because I like to be in control of things. I don't necessarily like following others. I like to take control of where the journey is going to go. And many of us love to be in control. And one of the invitations that Jesus gives when he asks us to follow us is found in the very idea of following. There's something inherent in that idea because to follow, you have to give up control. You have to let someone else lead. 
And Jesus' invitation to follow means that we need to allow him to take the lead, to take control, to navigate the journey, even when the journey he takes us on isn't the one that we necessarily would have chosen. You see, I think a huge challenge for many of us is that we really like Jesus. But rather than wanting to follow him, we would prefer him just to choose to be a companion on our journey. We like the idea of a supernatural, all-powerful friend that's with us when things get tight or a little hairy. But we still like to be the one that calls the shots. When Jesus gives us the invitation to follow, one of the decisions we have to make is whether we're willing to step away from the controls. There's a famous story that Mark tells a little bit later in his gospel about an encounter that Jesus has with a young man. It's, it's often known as the story of the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10. Let me read it to you this, today. It says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered, because no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honour your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. And Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go and sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then here it is again, then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. And we often talk about this passage as a challenge to wealth or possession or, or material gain. But I think the deeper challenge that this passage gives us is actually about control. See, Jesus knew that it was going to be really hard for this young man to follow him while something else was a master in his life. And we find out in this story for this young man, this young ruler, that the thing that had control of him was his wealth and his possession. And the thing that stopped him following in Jesus' way, in Jesus' footsteps, was his desire not to step away from control, desire not to step away from the things that he'd built in his own life. And maybe our story is the same. Maybe the thing that, that we got, like to hold control over is the things we have, our possessions, our wealth. But maybe that's not it for us. Maybe for us, it's, it's comfort. You know, Jesus, I'll follow you as long as you don't take me out of the places I feel most comfortable. Maybe for you, it's a relationship. You've chosen to step into a relationship that, that pulls you away from the things of God and distracts you from the things that Jesus calls you to. Maybe it's a career. Maybe it's your five-year plan. Maybe it's your retirement strategy or maybe it's just simply where you live. God, I'll follow you as long as I don't have to move or leave or step away from the life that I've built for myself here. We don't know what transpired in the life of the rich young ruler, but we know in this moment that the invitation to follow that Jesus gave him was overrun by his desire to be in control. Before we heap too much criticism on this young man. Let me just ask you the question as I ask myself. Let's just step into his shoes for a minute because in some ways his decision makes sense from a human perspective. If we go back to the story of Peter and Andrew, of James and John, almost their decision seems reckless. 
They walked away from everything they knew, everything they'd built, every sense of security that they had. They walked away from the family business. They walked away from everything that they had built their life around and almost recklessly step away from that to follow Jesus. And so this young man takes the safe road, or at least in his mind, he takes the safe road. I mean, the safe road for many of us is just to walk the well-worn path where we do all the right study and we find the right job and we build the right security and we, you know, build a great career and we pay off the house and we buy all the things that we need and, and we keep telling ourselves, once I get through this next thing, once I get through this next moment, once I just achieve this one thing, then Jesus, I might be free to come and do what it is you ask of me. Jesus doesn't always give us the roadmap. He just simply issues the invitation, come and follow me. You see, one of the things we like about control is we feel if we're in control, we have control of the outcomes. We have control of the destination. And if we give up that control, will we miss out? Will the cost be too great? Well, I want to suggest one of the, the other steps that we're invited into is to take a step into a bigger story. See, when Jesus says, come and follow me, he's inviting you to step away from the story that you're writing, the kingdom building world where you're building your own kingdom. And he invites you into something much greater. It's being a participant in the building of the kingdom of God. In the Gospel of John, there's a story where Jesus is talking about the different uh, you know, some different metaphors of who he is. And at the end of one of them in John 10, he says this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have life to the full. You see, when Jesus invites you to follow him, he doesn't envisage a life for you. He doesn't see a life for you that is a diminished life. He sees a life for you that will fulfill its greatest and ultimate purpose, a life of adventure, a life where you discover what it is to become truly and fully human, a life where you discover what it is to live as God always intended you to live. But so often we give that up to live the diminished story that is building our own kingdom. Peter and Andrew, James and John on that day when Jesus walked the Sea of Galilee and invited them to step away from the nets, made a decision that changed the entire direction of their lives. I mean, these guys could have built a great kingdom on their own. They could have set up a really great fish and chip shop on the, on the edge of the Sea of Galilee, built and lived in the comfortable house, upgraded to a better boat, had some great family holidays, worked towards a comfortable retirement, earned enough money to ride out the economic downturn from any upcoming global pandemics that hit their time and then spent their twilight years enjoying the sunset before being buried in the family tomb. Little did they know that when they accepted the invitation of Jesus to come and follow him, that life would look so different. I mean, they walked away from that moment and got to see Jesus bring healing into people's lives. These guys got to see blind people see, lame people walk, deaf people hear. 
They saw the dead raised back to life. They saw demoniacs set free. They saw thousands of people fed with a few loaves and a few fish. They learn about prayer. They learn about forgiveness. They learn about grace. They got to see and experience God's forgiveness. They saw how Jesus gave value to the poor. They saw how Jesus challenged the elites in their greed. They witnessed the horror of the cross and then stood as the first witnesses to the resurrection. They stood as tongues of fire fell from heaven and thousands of people fell on their knees to give their life to Christ. And then they became the foundation of the church that would go on to transform the face of the planet. They saw gospel, the gospel transform communities and impact nations. And at the end of all of that, two of them found themselves hung on the cross. One of them was killed at the command of Herod and one isolated on a prison island. Not a great ending, but what a great adventure. See, Peter, Andrew, James and John chose a story that was about building a kingdom that was bigger than their own. And when Jesus invites us to follow him, he invites us to be part of a bigger story, a bigger adventure, a richer and more fulfilled life than the one that we'll find if we choose to build our own kingdom and take the safe road. Now, this is the decision where for some of you, the call, to, the, the decision to follow Jesus' invitation to follow him is going to transform your life. Some of you are going to educate the next generation. Some of you are going to help the poor find value and dignity and a way out of poverty. Some of you are going to use your gift of hospitality to give hope to the lonely and the isolated and the oppressed. Some of you are going to show a broken, hurting world what love and acceptance looks like. Some of you are going to give your time to help disadvantaged young people find hope. Some of you are going to study theology and help plant churches. Some of you are going to build great buildings that provide home and shelter to many. I want to ask you, will you sign up for a bigger adventure that is building God's kingdom? Or will you settle for the safer option of just continuing to build yours? So as we come to a conclusion today, let me ask a, a question. What do I do with all this? Jesus' first invitation was simple. Come, follow me. And it's the invitation that Jesus gives you. Come, follow me. We're invited to take the first step of accepting that invitation. And then every day we're just invited to take the next step. You see, sometimes in the Christian life, we define everything around that moment when we first choose to put our trust in Jesus, that moment of salvation, where God's grace becomes real for us, where we recognize that we are forgiven because we put our faith in Jesus. And it's an incredible moment where we discover the love of God that becomes very real for us. And it's a moment where we're all invited to take up but some of us treat that moment like it's the moment of arrival. I want to suggest that it's more like the moment of departure. When we choose to say yes to Jesus, when we choose to say yes to his invitation to follow him, it's like standing on the start line and hearing the starter's pistol go because it's there where the real adventure begins. As we finish today, I want to speak to three groups of us. 
Firstly, I wonder if some of us that are watching here have never accepted Jesus' invitation to follow Him. Just as Jesus walked the Sea of Galilee and spoke to four fishermen, His invitation to you is exactly the same. He wants to speak these words, come and follow me. And He just wants you to take the first step and then every day to continue to take the next one. And in a moment, I'm just going to lead you through a simple prayer. A prayer that acknowledges your need for Jesus, your willingness to put your trust in Him, your desire to accept His forgiveness and His grace and have your life transformed. A moment where you say, yes, Jesus, I will follow you. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. But I wonder if there's some others of us that are watching today that accepted that invitation a long time ago. But just like the rich young ruler in the story, just couldn't give up control. And so even though we said yes to Jesus, we never chose to go on the journey. And today I want to invite you back to a place where you again are invited to take up the words of Jesus, to follow Him. I want to invite you just to take that next step. And it's going to look different for all of us, but maybe the next step for you today is to choose to reconnect with a faith community. Maybe right now you need to jump in the chat and talk to our hosts and just let them know that you'd like to find a group of people that you can do life with. Join one of our life groups. Maybe it's time for you to step back in to physical community. And if you're close to us or one of our campuses, maybe it's time for you to step back into a worshipping in-person weekend gathering. Maybe if you're a long way away, you need to find a great local church near you. Maybe you accepted that invitation a long time ago, but Jesus wants to invite you again to come and follow me. Not just to pray a prayer, but to step out of the boat and every day to take the next step wherever Jesus would want to lead you. I just wonder if the third group of us today are those that have been following Jesus for a long time, but we've just become stagnant. Let me ask you today, what's your next step? That IT degree I did, I finished back 20 years ago now. And after that year I spent in the hospital, I went, finished my study and walked away with a piece of paper that said that I'd completed all the requirements of the course. And since that day, I have not touched IT as a career ever again. In 20 years in, I realised that that piece of paper is worthless to me, that I'd need to start all over again because I'd walked away from the industry and I forgot what it was to do the job. And I didn't stay ahead of the current trends and the current challenges. And the invitation from Jesus to follow Him means that every day there's another step that He invites you to take. And while ever He gives us the gift of breath, there's a new adventure that He wants to take us on. There's new roles that He wants us to play. There's new places He wants to take us. There's new lessons He wants us to learn. Would you again take up the challenge to every day choose to follow Jesus? I'd love to pray for us as we conclude. But it's a great invitation that we get from Jesus. Come, follow me. Would you have the courage to take up his invitation? Your life will never be the same. When you pray with me, and as we pray, maybe you're in that first group. Maybe you've never accepted the invitation from Jesus to follow 
I'm going to bring up on the screen just a simple prayer that I'd love to lead you through. I'd love you just to pray it where you're at. It's just a prayer that, that accepts Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, chooses to hand Him the control and chooses to say yes to His invitation to follow. Why don't you pray that with me today? Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I turn from everything I know is wrong and I choose to follow you. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and promise me new life. Please come into my life so I can know your power and grace forever. Amen. And Lord Jesus, I just want to pray today that all of us would take up the invitation to follow you. Pray that we would choose the adventure and the life that you offer, a life that is life in its fullest sense, a life that was the one that we were always created to live. God, give us the courage today to take that next step and then tomorrow to take the next one, to continue to keep our eyes fixed on you, to continue to allow you to have control, to allow you to lead us wherever you will. Give us the courage to continue to trust. And Lord, thank you for the invitation to be part of the incredible adventure that happens and that comes when we choose to follow you. We pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to encourage you on your journey. Help us help you by going to gatewaybaptist.com.au and clicking on Get Connected.